and this is what I think the essence of Sojourn is. It's about getting skill sets. It's about teaching, you know, women on the ground who live there, like how to teach yoga. Because not everyone, you know, is going to be a doctor um, or an engineer. Some people connect more with movement and to be able to give someone who's interested that chance, I think is so empowering. Did you know that over 130 million girls around the world are denied an education? And did you know that this also means that they're denied the chance to improve their overall health and income and quality of life and the ability to empower themselves? I had no idea that this number was so high, was so large. Until I had the opportunity to sit down with this week's guest, Jordan Ashley, the founder and executive director of Soldier and Yoga. I was so excited to have this conversation with Jordan and to really learn about what it is that she's doing and the impact that we can have um, through SEBA, through selfless service, through combining that with yoga. And so, Hello. <laughs> this is an odd intro, but welcome back to Seek the Joy podcast and happy Seek the Joy Tuesday. And thank you for being here. I just could not believe this number of 130 million girls around the world are denied an education. And so it's so amazing to discover nonprofits like Soldier and Yoga that are really dedicated and their mission is really wrapped around raising awareness and funds for girls' education in developing countries by teaming up with both local and international nonprofits to create these opportunities to explore and practice and educate through yoga, both on and off the mat. I think often we look at yoga as being such an internal and self-minded practice, but it's really external and it can be global and we can use yoga, we can use these practices to bring about greater global awareness and global healing. And I think that's the biggest takeaway I have from this week's conversation with Jordan. I mean, we talk about so much. We talk about the inspiration behind Soldier and Yoga and its mission and its impact and creating an experience really of togetherness through the practice of yoga. Jordan shares why she's so dedicated to raising awareness for girls' education and empowering women. Plus, we chat about redefining the practice of yoga and the role that it's played in her healing and spiritual journey. We also talk about Seva, of course, what it is and how we can incorporate it into our day-to-day lives, joy in her life, and so much more. Before we dive in to this week's conversation with Jordan, I just want to take a second and say thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for pressing play on this podcast week in and week out. My biggest mission, my biggest goal with Seek the Joy podcast is really to share its message with as many people as I can, and I cannot do that alone. So every time you hit subscribe, every time you share the show with a friend, every time it comes up in conversation, every time you share about it on your social media channels, you are helping me do just that. And I will be, and I am forever grateful. The one thing I learned, well, it's not the one thing, but one of the biggest things I've learned in this journey so far is that there are a lot of highs and a lot of lows in sharing your voice and sharing your vulnerability and being willing to really put the full authentic version of who you are out into the world. And so this journey has been met with a lot of highs and a lot of lows. 
And so every time I'm in a low, I remind myself of why I started. And I look at your emails and I look at your DMs and I look at the reviews that you've left the show and it's like the kick in the pants to keep going. So I just wanted to take a minute and really say thank you for being here, for being part of this. If there's someone in your life who you know will benefit from this podcast, from this episode or the show, I'd be so grateful if you shared it with them. And leave us a rating and review if you haven't already. It's a great way for other people to find the podcast and also learn a little bit about what it's all about. So thank you. That's really all I've got. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy this week's new episode with Jordan. Join the conversation on our social media pages. We are at Seek the Joy Podcast everywhere. Let me know what you think. And uh, without further ado, here is my conversation with Jordan Ashley of Sojourn Yoga. Hi, um, my name is Jordan Ashley. I'm the founder and executive director of Sojourn Yoga. We are a U.S. 501c3 nonprofit, and our whole purpose and aim is to support girls' education in um, lesser economically developed countries um, by hosting global yoga retreats and partnering with sister organizations on the ground. We're inspired by the Sanskrit word sava, which means together with or to give back. And our hope is to take the yoga practice out of the studio um, to continue to support um, girls' education and women's empowerment in places where it's not always a given. Yeah, I love this mission and I love what you've created because I think, especially in the Western world, we often take our education and our opportunities for granted. And so to create an organization like what you've done that's tied to giving back to communities where you actually host the retreats, I think it's such an amazing thing and an amazing idea. And so what made you decide to connect your organization to this mission? Because you can create a company or create a movement, but not always tie it to something greater. So I'd love to hear what sort of inspired that. So being born in the West, I think often, as you mentioned, you know, we take our education um, for granted and not you know, especially growing up in, in Los Angeles, you know, you you will attend school. It's not an if, but, or maybe, you know, you'll be driven to school, taken to school, and it's expected that you, you know, even attend university. Um, unfortunately, more than 130 million um, girls and women around um, the world do not get access to education. Um, that's a statistic um, from Global Partnership in 2016. And so I think having that um, idea in mind and that you know, feeling very fortunate and very blessed to have won the lottery of life and that my shelter, my sustenance, and my safety, for the most part, were never in jeopardy. They were always taken for granted. Um, I went to college at the New School and I studied journalism. And I did an amazing, amazing study abroad program in Cambodia. Yeah. And that was the seed that was planted um, in terms of really opening up my eyes to um, how the majority of the planet lives, especially post conflict and post genocide. So, um, having, you know, had that experience and then returning later as a journalist and doing NGO coverage, that also gave me, you know, an insight, um, an insider perspective in terms of how these organizations really do offer opportunities and access um, and can absolutely change, you know, the path of someone's life, especially 
you know, a woman. So I came back, um, I grew up doing yoga. Um, my great uncle brought yoga to South Africa in the 1950s. And so it's always, it's always kind of been something that I've done. And I, you know, I practiced with my mom and, um, I came back, I was freelancing, I finished my teacher training and, you know, I wanted to create a platform that could take the yoga practice, you know, around the world, you know, use it to support women and girls. Yeah. When you step out of your comfort zone, right. And your bubble a little bit, and you have the opportunity to see what else is kind of out there, what else is going on in the world. It really inspires and motivates you to create something that allows us to give back in that way. I love what you said about yoga. You said your great uncle brought it to Africa in the 60s. Um, So yoga has been a part of your life, it sounds like, since, I don't know, since you were born, since forever. Yeah, so um, my mom's South African. Yeah, her great uncle, you know, went and, you know, studied um, in India. And then he brought it back to South Africa. So, so interesting to learn from my mom. She used to be a gymnast and could walk across a football field on her hands. And so when my... Her uncle, my great uncle, was older. She would do all the demonstrations in the class. And so, um, you know, especially when my parents got divorced, my parents split up when I was six. Yoga was something that my mom and I would do together. It became a way for us to spend time together. So I remember being, you know, eight, nine and, you know, going to a class with her and, you know, rolling a mat up next to her and, you know, trying to follow her and, you know, getting so tired and like downward facing dog. Yeah. But, you know, it, be- it became something, um, it be- it- I noticed how she shifted and how she changed it and how it brought her comfort and solace and, you know, an opportunity to, to move freely, um, yeah. especially during, you know, such a stressful time. And so, just from being exposed to that and, you know, being around that, it became very integral into my um, my life yeah. and my day-to-day. Has yoga been able to nurture you that way that you noticed it nurtured your mom as well? Because I think it's such an intimate practice with ourselves, yoga and meditation and breath work. And so has it played that same role in your journey, in your healing journey that you notice it has with your mom? Absolutely. You know, it's interesting too in terms of how it's also shifted and a friend put it really wisely to me. She said, your practice has gone from an external physical practice to being an internal one. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was so profound in that, you know, I still practice, you know, and I'll go take class, but I remember, um, I don't, it was kind of like this need or this desire, like to have to have like a physical practice, to have to like go and move and, you know, try different things with my body. But then it's now shifted in where my yoga is more about connecting with your girls on the ground and mm. being able to spend time with them. And so it's a practice of, of, of Shava, of giving back. Um, so it's shifted, it's become more um, macro instead of micro. Yeah, and it's definitely taken you, I mean, all over the world. I mean, when you got started, when you did teacher training, I mean, you started to immerse yourself maybe a little bit more in this world. Did you ever expect for it to take you around the world and allow you to develop these broader connections and and connect that way with women and, and young girls during your retreats? I mean, did you ever have any idea? No, I, you know, when I first, I did my first 200 teacher training um, the summer I graduated um, college. And at that point in time, I was really, you know, just focused on, you know, trying to be able to articulate and, you know, you know, breath to to body, to mind and be able to, 
to execute, you know, a class. And so um, it wasn't in my periphery. It was still very, you know, separate in terms of travel and yoga. They didn't really go hand in hand, let alone the whole feminist, you know, um, layering on top of that. Um, they were very isolated. Yeah. But, um, you know, after I returned from Cambodia and I'd also had lived in, you know, Bangkok as well, I honestly got really disenchanted with the whole yoga scene, especially in New York and in Los Angeles, and that it's a luxury and it's a privilege to be able to carve out 60 to you know 90 minutes of your day for you. And I think that often gets taken for granted, um, especially, you know, this idea of expression through movement. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't need to have a male chaperone. I can watch spandex. You know, these are things that I can, I don't need permission, you know, from a husband or brother to be able to attend something. So just kind of like this perspective of, of wanting to take something that was so personal and then have it expand to be something that was more um, inclusive, I think, was what really fueled me in terms of wanting to start a nonprofit. You know, it doesn't cost a lot to send a girl to school, especially in these countries. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's $10 for a uniform. That's like two lattes, you know. Yeah. You know, the whole thing with the Global Yoga Retreats is that it's a more cultural experience and it's an immersion. We're not, you know, staying at resorts and we're not hiding. Um, I think sometimes this idea of a retreat means to hide or to go within or to segregate. And we do the opposite of that. Mm -hmm. We engage, we have our eyes open, our senses open to live, to live, you know, without the blinders on. Yeah. I love what you said that with your retreats, it's not about isolating yourself. It's not about, um, separating yourself. It's about really connecting. It's about having those moments with the people and the culture. And, but I love how you have connected it to a global mission, to a global practice, to really connecting it more towards, I think we could probably say, right? Like global healing to really allow us to come together and, and to remind ourselves that we're not alone, that there are people out there. There are women, there are children who need, our help and our service and our heart and our contribution. And so I love what you touched on there, just about how for you, it's about connecting to that broader movement, that broader sense rather than kind of retreating within. Yeah. Thank you. No, absolutely. Um, I think also, you know, the thing could be said in terms of you walk into a yoga class and everyone is very isolated and not, you know, they're on, they're mad and, you know, you don't know what someone has experienced, what trials and tribulations and what life journey, um, who's right next to you, you know, they mm-hmm. could, you just don't have an idea. So kind of coming from a place of, of compassion and also equality, um, I think is really important. And, um, you know, meeting these young women who um, are, are given the chance, you know, for higher education, be it secondary or university, is just absolutely amazing. And um, oftentimes people are like, oh, is there a language barrier? Because, you know, we work in, you know, countries from um, Morocco to Peru to Rwanda to Cambodia to South Africa uh, to um, Nicaragua. So it's very, um, it's very diverse in terms of the language. But to be honest with you, the language kind of dissipates and it's just more about as you said, connecting. It's more about having a shared experience mm-hmm. together. 
Um, and then to actually be able to see where your three to $500 is going towards is amazing. And just from doing these retreats, you know, we've been able to provide scholarships and housing and food and sanitary napkins and mm. school supplies. So little really does go a long yeah. way. I love what you just shared because I think that's so important. Kind of going back to what you said is that with yoga, with the practice, you often don't know the experience of the person next to you on the mat next to you because you're there, you just show up. And so the opportunity to connect and put a language barrier aside or cultural difference aside and really connect one-on-one is really empowering, I think, number one. And number two, I think it allows you to develop more compassion for yourself and for others and to connect really on that human to human level. And I think too, you know, in order to do that with another, often it takes a journey of empowering ourselves or treating ourselves with that level of compassion and grace first, I think, in order to be able to do it with others. And so I'd love to talk a little bit about what your journey has been like empowering yourself to get to this point in your life. Well, I think having a strong support system for anything is absolutely essential and to have, you know, trusted people around you to bounce ideas off of and to also check you in terms of how you can improve and how you can evolve just so that it's never stagnant it's never stuck it's an open conversation um when I created this I didn't want it to be me just leading retreats and you know taking people and honestly being the focal point I wanted it to be not only about the girls but also about the different teachers you know that we work with um i feel so blessed and so lucky um to have amazing amazing teachers um based in uh, los angeles chicago new york um london who are dedicated to this and they volunteer so this is part of their sub as well Mm. in terms of promoting and sharing um with their community with their students with their families and so I couldn't do this without them, and I'm extremely, you know, grateful because it's now shifted into having this amazing tribe of, you know, we. I do want, I, you know, I, I always say to just to take a little back step. Our yeah. retreats are co-ed. Mm-hmm. Um, I want men to be a part of the conversation. I think it's absolutely vital. Um, but for now, for the time being, all of um, our teachers are currently um, women, which is great too because you know then you know we're also connecting on on a very like intimate level. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been really, that's been really important to me and to having an amazing team. Also, because intentions are in the right place. I think this could have easily gone into the direction of, you know, Western savior chef and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of that mentality and thinking, oh, these poor girls, these poor children, we need to help them. And it's not even so much about helping and us, you know, coming in to save the day. It's really an equal exchange of energy Mm -hmm. because we get just as much from our yoga class, our lunch with them, our um, jewelry workshop. Um, One of the um, participants who came, she's a natural textile um, designer, and so she did a dye workshop in um, in Morocco, and so she had. Um, the house mom and the girls collect onion skins and then they ended up, you know, dying on tote bags. So now they have book bags for school. So it becomes, um, yeah, they're so beautiful. Um, I'll definitely send you some photos. So it becomes a... Please, that would be amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It becomes a um, holistic experience, you know, in that 
we're all in this together. We're here to get to know you, which is why we do the same countries every single year, just to re-rotate the teachers, because I think it's so important, especially in terms of establishing longevity with these countries, with these girls, with these, you know, nonprofits on the ground that, in my humble opinion, are really doing, you know, the work to support these girls. Mm -hmm. It's so important. Um, to stay loyal and to continue to go back. Yeah, I was going to ask you, you know, over time in the years that you've done that, done this and you return to the same places and the same countries and you're able to develop these relationships and see girls evolve and change over time. I mean, what has that been like for you to see that and to see those relationships evolve and and see how it's impacting on the ground? It's extremely heartwarming when you return to a place. Mm -hmm. There's mutual, you know, gratitude in terms of acknowledging. And they're like, hey, like you did yoga with us last year. And so it's like, wait, wait, you remember us. And it's just, it just makes the whole process and the whole experience even greater um, because there's that connection and that there's a bond that's been established. You know, this is the fourth year that we're doing Peru, which I'm so excited about. It's the third year we've done Morocco. So slowly but surely, you know, we're starting to to build, um, you know, these waves of, of change and, and that the experience is then open up to more and more people. So I've never wanted this to be exclusive or private mm-hmm. or remote. I want as many people, you know, on the planet to get on board and to be involved with this. I really do think it's, it's, it's a global mission. Yeah, I, I agree. And I love what you said, too, just about how it's really an equal exchange of energy and that it's not just, you know, you're coming in there to save the day. It's really, we're here, we're here to get to know you. We're here to contribute to your lives and you're also here to contribute to ours and help us grow and expand as people and as women. And so I'm curious for you, how has this mission, how has this organization and what you've created, how has it allowed you to, in some ways, I guess, change or shift your perspective around who you are in your life and, you know, in many ways, the impact that you want to have? You know, I think it's very, I think it's very easy to, to live in a victim state, in a victim mentality, um, in terms of really um, feeling like the world has done you wrong. And so I think even in terms of like, dating or experiences and whatnot and you know I think it's it's an easier path to kind of you know stand in the corner and like you know pound our fist against the wall and just be like why like why me and so it's definitely been a shift and I would say travel has been my best education um, Mm -hmm. especially in terms of developing compassion and empathy because you go to these places, you engage with these girls, with these women, and it's not to say that our own problems aren't, you know, hard and that we're not allowed to give space for um, sadness and anger or, or depression. I think it's more so about, I've accepted that it's a balance, right? Mm-hmm. Not every day is going to be a good day and, you know, sunshine and rainbows and all of that. And, also to, you know, to kind of when I am having a down day and I do feel, you know, sad or morose is to give myself the space to feel that. And, you know, part of or fifty percent light and fifty percent, you know, dark, it's that balance, that yin and yang or, you know, sun, um, and moon, you know, side and all the dualities of our 
in, in my opinion, of what makes us human. Yeah. You know, you have to have the hardships to be able to enjoy the good. And then when you are experiencing, you know, the highs in life, it's having gratitude for, for what brought you to that moment. So I definitely think for me, it's been about really honoring um, how I feel and that it's okay. It's okay to, to have, you know, to have a dark side. Yeah. How have you been able to do that? How have you been able to give yourself that space to feel the highs and the lows and the ups and the downs and those moments of light and dark? How have you been able to give yourself that space to honor those feelings and, and to move through it? I think it's recognizing that on certain days, you know, after, you know, a day of work, it's, it's okay for me to want to stay at home and to to be, you know, with my dog and to be a hermit. I think that's yeah. fine. I think when I was younger, the mentality was to always go, go, go and be surrounded by people and to be, you know, hyper social. But, you know, that's also important in terms of nourishing conversations and opening up minds and engaging, you know, with friends and family and loved ones. But it's also equally important to have alone time um, because at the end of the day, you know, you are your best friend. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, having a relationship with yourself or with myself rather has been extremely important in terms of gauging um, this idea of, of self-care. Mm-hmm. You know, that's been, that's been really integral and really important um, for my journey. Yeah, I agree. I think there's so much pressure, right, to go, 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 to move at such a fast pace, to do everything. And often it's about just accepting where you are in that moment and saying, actually, I can't do this today. Actually, this is not going to happen. And and kind of carving out that time, you know, and that space for yourself. And you touched on gratitude a little bit earlier too. Has gratitude or forming a relationship, I guess, with gratitude, has that allowed you to move through, I don't know, both those highs and lows in life? And what has that been like, you know, carving out that real space for gratitude? You know, I think that for me, I've always pushed myself and I've always, which is, which is great and, and, and amazing. And, you know, I'm glad that I have that kind of um, internal, um, you know, fire under my belly to kind mm-hmm. of like go, go, go. But what ends up happening for me is that then I burn out and then I'm of no service no, you know, no service, not only to anyone around me, but also to myself as well. Like those feelings of, of depletion. Totally. This idea of, of gratitude and that I am able to take space and to also um, fully be thankful for the things that I do have and that I have been, been blessed with has been really important. Um, my best friend in London and I, um, we started every morning, we would text something that we like about ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it would be, you know, I like my eyebrows or like I like my laugh or I like my, um, the fact that I know like random trivia about like animals. So, <laughs> you know, just <laughs> like little, like little things like that. But then it's like, oh wait, but that's what makes us so unique. And that's what makes us so, so special yeah. is, is to just be able to look in the mirror and say, oh, I actually do like these things about myself and especially, you know, in this world that's so social media driven, um, which is great in terms of connectivity and being able to, you know, have relationships with people from around the world. It's so easy to, to want to judge or to feel less than I can say that, you know, for myself, like, Oh my, even, even, you know, for the, for yoga, you know, that's a whole other wheelhouse in terms of 
oh, my handstand doesn't look like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, her, I should be thinner. I should be tanner. I should be blonde, you know, whatever it is. So I think being grateful for what we do have. And I think that comes from, I really think it comes from travel. I can't say it enough. I think travel yeah. is the best education. No, I love what you just shared. Uh, two things. One, that developing that practice of looking in the mirror and identifying and sharing with yourself what you love about yourself is so transformative and so powerful. And I'll never forget, I think I was, it was like the summer before I started law school. So that would be 2013. And I was working with a therapist at the time and she challenged me to do that. And it was one of the hardest things I ever had to do was to stare in the mirror and identify what I loved about myself. No, I started with what I liked about myself because at the time I was in such a state in such a place where I couldn't even say that I loved part of who I am. And I think that journey, that evolution of standing in front of the mirror and starting with your eyebrows or your hair or the trivia that you know, right about animals or whatever it might be. I mean, it, it, you build on it. And from there you get more comfortable, which is crazy that we don't feel comfortable most of the time with loving who we are and with sharing that we love who we are. I mean, that opens up right a whole other can of worms, a whole other Pandora's box of a conversation. But I love what you shared about how you've really developed that practice because it is about self-love. Everything starts with that love of self, right? And that ability to connect with who you are and love with love who you are because at that point, then you can start to share it with the world in a more profound way. So I love, I love that you share, that you do that. Is that something that you still practice and that you still do and and challenge yourself, you know, to identify what about who you are that you love? Yeah, I will, we'll pick it up from time to time, you yeah. know, we'll go for two days and then there'll be, you know, life happens and we'll come back to it. So, Too real. You know, Too I think real. It's good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it becomes real, you know, and then it's, you know, you, you, I get caught up or we get caught up with, you know, yeah, the day to day, but then we come back to it and, and it's great and it's great to see to, you know, to have someone else to, to share about what they think is also really important um, because it's beautiful to hear what someone else really likes or loves about themselves. Mm-hmm. I think it's easy when someone gives us a compliment to deflect or to be self-deprecating and say, like, someone's like, oh, like, I like your hair. And then you're like, oh, it's not clean, you know. Right, right. And I think it's important to say, yeah, I, I do that. I, you know, I have to check myself because it's something that yeah. you know, I tend to do instead of just saying thank you. Like, I just had it done or, you know, whatever it is, or I like your bag, you know. I think it's easy to kind of not want to try to step into the light and, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's challenging. It's challenging to, to, you know, want to be in a positive place. Um, yeah. It really is, it really is a muscle that you have to work. Yeah, I agree. And the other thing that you said too, which I thought was really profound and really so on point was about just how this practice of yoga looks a certain way on social media. And I think in many ways through what you've done, what you're creating and created is that you're transforming the presence of the practice and what it means. And I think the more awareness that we can bring to the fact that you don't have to look a certain way to to practice yoga. You don't have to have any experience. You don't have to be blonde. You don't have to wear top designer brand yoga pants. I mean, the more we can bring awareness to this and demystify the practice and really show and share that it's for everyone and it's inclusive, I think is so important. I love what you shared about that because 
it's it's more than just a trend. There's an ancient ritual and custom and tradition attached to it. It really does have incredible benefits for your health and your longevity and your state of being that transcends whatever is shared on social media. And so I love what you I had to call attention to that because I think it's really important to keep transforming the presence of the practice. I think that's the best way to phrase it, to put it. I don't know. Does that resonate with you? No, because 100%. for me, that feels yeah. super, super powerful and super important. And probably in some ways too, at the core of what you're doing is is sharing the practice and sharing really what it is and the, the seva part of it and how you can really contribute to the world and have an impact, you know, far beyond the trend, I think is the best Maybe the best way to put it? I don't know. No, I think so. I, I couldn't agree with you more. So in Sanskrit, one of the definitions for yoga is union or yoking. So, mm. you know, in terms of the physicality of it, it's often said it's when you link your mind to your body, to your spirit or your heart is where the yoga begins and the yoga is born. Yeah. Um, so what's been so interesting is this concept of union or coming together and then how that then shifts into other spheres. Mm-hmm. Uh, this past summer, I had the privilege and the honor to teach over 100 women who were survivors of the Rwandan genocide against wow. the Tutsis, and it was it was absolutely incredible. Wow. You know, these were women who, and a lot of them are elderly, or a lot of them were in kitanes, like these, you know, long these long skirts. Um, so it, by no means was it, you know, a yoga studio. It was mm-hmm. it was through this amazing organization called um, Savoda, and that's a whole you know podcast in and of itself about what this woman um, Godly has done in terms of yeah. creating community and having a place and a space for you know women um, and orphans to share post you know such tragedy and so the being on the spot and then having to be able to communicate um these ideas was just absolutely it was absolutely remarkable because and i and i said this i said yoga you know could be holding a baby yoga could be making a meal for your son you know your yoga could be you know going to church. It doesn't have to look a certain way. It doesn't have to be a certain thing. If you want a personal experience and it's through that is how we open up and how we, you know, engage with the world around us. And what was so beautiful about the experience is, you know, eventually, you know, we all were standing up and they were showing me this, this gesture of something that they do. And it was, they like push the bad away and then they bring the good in. So mm-hmm. we then ended up, um, incorporating that into a sequence and I can't speak I can't even begin to I mean it was it was absolutely incredible and so that kind of work for me has been has been the driving force this summer I'm so excited um we we are launching our first uh, teacher training program um in Rwanda with our sister organization called Camara and um, we are going to be teaching eight, um, eight women who are on their staff on wow. basically how to, how to teach a yoga class. And wow. then this way they'll be able to teach their team moms and their community. And they don't have to wait for a volunteer to come in. And they'll have a skill set at their disposal. And so wow. this to me is the beginning of – this is the second tier. And this is, and this is what I think 
the, the essence of Sojourn is. It's about giving skill sets. It's about teaching, you know, women on the ground who live there, like how to teach yoga. Because not everyone, you know, is going to be a doctor um, or an engineer. Some people connect more with movement and to be able to give someone who's interested that chance, um, I think yeah. it's so empowering. Yeah. Especially to then, you know, get income from that and and um, be passionate about it. So I'm so excited about it. It'd be incredible. Be the first of many. Yeah, um, I'll absolutely keep you posted. Please, yeah, yeah. It's really like taking it to the next level, real right, and really sharing your mission and sharing this desire to give back and have an impact. And we've been talking about this word seba um, throughout the conversation, and I know that. It's this ancient, right, Sanskrit word that really is about selfless service and giving back. And so for anyone that's listening, what are some things that, in your opinion, that we could do to really start to incorporate Seva into our day-to-day lives and how we can give back or what we can give back to the world to make it better? What are, yeah, what are some things that we could do to start to incorporate this, you know, into, into our lives? I think it's through our little actions in our day-to-day because, of course, like to have, you know, a whole, you know, to, to go on a retreat is just one, is just one way. Um, something that I always try to do is if I don't finish a meal, I'll, you know, take it with me and I'll give it to someone who, you know, looks hungry or someone who's homeless. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's about kind of stepping into, into our power and, and our confidence and that, we can lend support to someone if it looks like, you know, that they're struggling. Um, and, you know, whether it's helping someone carry, you know, bags up the stairs or it's about um, being kind to someone who looks like they're having a rough day. Um, being nice and being kind doesn't cost anything. Mm-hmm. These gestures that might seem smaller because, you know, you're not, you know, saving the whales or, you know, you're not... Um, on an environmental kick, I think do matter because it's how we interact with one another. Um, at the end of the day, I think is what really creates community. I think a good, a good thing off the bat would be just to try to do one thing that's not self-serving a day. So one engagement, one gesture, one phone call, something. It can in the end doesn't have to be huge. Um, yeah, and it, it doesn't cost anything. Yeah. The potential for impact on a small scale is huge. And I think we often, you know, underestimate that. Do you have a go-to mantra or affirmation or, or something that you hold close, um, that you've maybe repeated to yourself, you know, in times of struggle, but also in those moments, you know, of, of joy for yourself? That's a good question. So our tagline is give back to yourself while giving to others, because I think that that's really I think mean, that's really important. I think, especially when you, especially in the nonprofit, you know, sector, it's as we said earlier, and as we talked about earlier, it's really easy to kind of deplete yourself and short and dry because you're constantly putting all of your energy out. I think you know this idea of self care and nourishment is is essential because you have to take care of yourself in order to to take care of others around you. Um, also, too, I think knowing that moments of crises or um, despair, it's not forever. It's a moment. Yeah. And I think it's important to remember that, that it's like everything in life is ephemeral. So not trying to not put everything into one conversation, one situation, one instance. Um, 
is a really, really, really important process. Remembering that it's temporary, right? And that you prob- you really have the power in that moment to transform it and change it and um, allow yourself to grow really, you know, within it too. Absolutely. It's a choice. Always. Um, Always. It's a choice. I think for a long time, um, I would choose, you know, being unhappy over being happy. And, you know, that's not our, it's, it's a decision. And it's, yeah. So to, to calm, and, you know, and granted, like, sure, like things are going to upset you or, you know, make, make one, um, sad or, or whatnot, you know, life throws curveballs at us, you know, 24 seven. So I think it's a matter of giving yourself the space to feel those feelings, but then also being able to move past it and then, you know, reemerge and reenter, you know, fresh is also, um, is also valid. I couldn't agree more. What would your younger self think about what you're doing now? I think my younger self would be really proud. Um, I've always been a feminist. That's always been an identity and a word that I've believed in and that's resonated with me. Um, I don't know if my younger self would know that it would have taken, you know, this incarnation or not, but I think my younger self would be, you know, really proud. Um, you know, I definitely felt and, and oftentimes still feel like, like really fragmented. And, you know, it's it's through kind of opening up myself and, you know, opening up my world to see the world and to engage with it. That has been the most healing. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that opening yourself up and allowing yourself to engage in broader conversations and in a broader community has really healed you. And I think that sends such a powerful message because often we think healing is done on an individual or a micro level, but it also can be macro. It also can be broader. Um, And it's amazing how you heal yourself through developing these connections and this broader community for yourself too. Yeah. And also too, I think it's about um, talking only goes so far. I also think it's about having action behind Mm -hmm, it too. Totally. Yeah. If you have an idea, if you have something that you want to try, I think to, you can talk about it until you're blue in the face, but then at a certain point, it's like, okay, like let's do it, like let's totally. execute, let's exactly. let's go for it. Yeah, and to and then to do that from a, an open and fearless place is a journey in and of itself. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And it's so beautiful to see what you have created from that open space and from probably that curious space and that desire to really give back and have an impact and kind of along those same lines, I'd love to know, you know, what is your, what is your biggest dream? My biggest dream is to have satellite children yoga studios in the countries that we work with and that the women on the ground, the women who we engage and, and connect with can then be yoga teachers and then, you know, have a career path ahead of them and be able to teach have, you know, free community classes for locals and then, you know, have classes for tourists um, to generate, you know, income and revenue and vitality. I think, you know, so often um, these places and countries, you know, really wait for, you know, that rogue or traveling, you know, Western teacher to come in. And Mm -hmm. I don't understand why we can't empower and give these, give the exact same skills and the exact same training to someone who lives there. Yeah, I I think that's the next step. I think that that's where the real you know evolution happens, especially in the wellness space. Is you know it's great in that soldier and that we do these you know retreats every year to the same countries, but how do we have a longer and longer lasting impact? 
And so that's my biggest dream. I love that because at the end of the day, it's about creating this sense of togetherness and community and empowering everyone to to be able to cultivate that, right, on their own and not have to wait um, for somebody else to come in and bring that to them. And you're definitely doing that with what you've created. And for anyone that's listening who wants to learn more and to connect with you, where can they find you? Where can they find your retreats and really dive in and and become part of this community and and go on a retreat themselves? Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure and privilege to be able um, to share with you um, what my nonprofit does and, um, you know, super excited um, to have a new friend in LA. Yes. Oh my God, yes. So Sojourn is a play off the word Sojourn, which means a temporary stay. So you can, um, for your listeners out there, you can join us on one of our retreats or find out more information at Sojourn, S-O-U-L-J-O-U-R-N, yoga.com. And that's also... Um, our handle for Instagram and our Facebook page as well. So what we have coming up is we always try to have our retreats over a holiday. So if you are looking to get away over this Memorial Day weekend, you can join us either in Peru. Um, and the dates for that are May 24th to June 2nd or on the Tibetan Plateau. And that's May 25th to June 1st. Um, if you want to get away over 4th of July, we have our Yoga Adventure Rwanda. Um, that's June 25th to July 5th. And then going into 2020, we are kickstarting the year with our Cape Town Yoga Adventure, which will be our very first retreat in South Africa. Wow. And that's going to be over President's Day weekend. So January, or rather, sorry, MLK. Um, so that's January 17th to 26th. Amazing. Amazing. You have so many retreats coming up and so many great opportunities. And it'll be really great to see how you start to develop those relationships and community and connections in other countries around the world. Thank you so much for for everything you shared. This is is going to be a really great conversation to share. Thank you.